0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seattle 2 Unknown. I am Melinda and I am watching my cat scratch my bed. Ellie? I'm not Ellie. My name is Sarah and I have a cat who likes to scratch things. (laughs) I was gonna say, oh my god, my dream came true. Sarah quit and I'm doing a podcast with the cats. (laughs) (laughs) No such luck. Sorry, bud. Damn it. Is that our uh, quarantine kittens update too? uh our quarantine kitten update is that i have one cat who likes to scratch thing things and one who likes to pee on things and people and animals it's the circle of life simba i don't think the circle of life has anything to do with urine they might have talked about it off camera we don't know (laughs) it's in deleted scenes but yeah she's so lucky she's so cute isn't that like most animals when they decide that they want to be little shitheads. Uh, Well, the other day, she brazenly got up. We were all in bed because, like, I keep the pet beds on the other side of the bed from me. And she walked over to Moose, sat down, was just like, yeah, I'm going to pee right here. And Moose just looked over his shoulder at me like, Mom, what's going on? I mean, when you got to go, you got (laughs) to (laughs) go. Yeah, we're working on it. She's a kitten. She'll get over it. But for these past couple of weeks, it's been real trying. It's like the laziest peer ever. Oh, yeah, especially since a couple of days later, like I really thought she had stopped. And then I woke up and I was like, God, I must have been really sweaty last night. And I felt my shirt and was like, Nope, nope, I was not sweaty. Nope, mm mm, that is not sweat. Ew. Mm-hmm. You need to set yeah. everything she's peed on on fire. <laughs> you know i don't think i could burn myself or the dog i mean it it just does that smell does not come out of certain things luckily it's very very like hydrated urine so it doesn't smell as far as i can tell no 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 we can't trust your judgment <laughs> we've talked about this <laughs> but regardless like i i know she'll get through it it's just it's gonna suck for a little while while she figures it out Speaking about staying hydrated, do we have cocktails of some sort this week? I've got water. Loser. I've got Brew Dr. Kombucha and Island Mango. It's really good, too. It is delicious. I like it. I'm a fan. I thought about making myself some sleepy time tea, but since I was late to this recording, I didn't want to be the girl who rolls up late with a drink that she had to stop and make. (laughs) And then, like... Hey, um, episode over. I'm tired. Exactly. Oh, it doesn't do much for me. It's just one of the few teas that I like. But I have been branching out. I have got, like, eight different types of tea in my cabinet right now, and I'm just slowly, like, trying to make myself like it. (sighs) I love tea. I have too much. I need to get through a lot of it before buying more. And it already got, like, hella cold all of a sudden here, so... Full-on tea season now. Yeah, but I'm starting with things that I know could be in my wheelhouse. So I got, like, four different chais. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, I'm a big fan of an Earl Grey. Oh, I was just about to say, the one thing that does not appeal to me is Earl Grey. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I love Market Spice tea. That comes from our, our very own uh pike place market yeah i love market spice but i completely ran out of all the ones that i bought over christmas sucks suck i know and the other day i was having an extreme craving for campbell's chunky soup and so i went on amazon to see how much it would cost to ship just six cans just six eight (laughs) hundred ninety four dollars sold to (laughs) sarah that's a steal but I was so excited when I saw that they shipped here I was like okay add a few to my cart and then I looked at the cart and went holy shit what happened with the shipping the shipping was the $800 the $9 was just the product cost pretty much (laughs) yeah I think it was like $12 worth of soup that's still a lot right yeah no I know because a can of soup is not that much But still. Yeah, but anyway. So do you have an update for us? Um, it's freezing here already. I don't like it. It's too early to be this cold. I'm over it. Bring back fall. It's still not over yet somehow. What's your update? So in a previous episode, I talked about the Corona contact tracing app that I have. And uh, I checked it. And in the last seven days, I have had contact with five people with corona. Yay? So that's fun. I've gone outside of my neighborhood once. Once in the last, I don't know, three, four weeks. And I still managed to come in contact with five people that, and that's just the ones that have the app. Yeah. I don't want to know my number still. I'd rather not. The interesting thing is that I didn't get an alert at all. I only know because I opened the app to look at it. And I was like, oh, what's this number here? What's five mean? Oh, no. Yay. (laughs) So, and it says I was outside of the range of needing to get tested, but inside the range to be very cautious. So that's fun. So, two weeks self-quarantine? I mean, kind of, sort of. I can't Really quarantine with a dog. So I just, every time I go out, I have to wear a mask. As you should. Right. But here, currently, there is no rule or even suggestion that you go out wearing a mask unless you go indoors. Which might be why we now have 11,000 cases in a single day. I was going to say, and that's why we're in the situation that we are. Mm-hmm. Charlie Brown. So yeah, that's fun. If you hear chewing in the background, it's the dog, not me. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. That's what she wants you to think. I'm a very loud chewer, and I do not close my mouth. Crunch, crunch, munch, munch. Anywho's, what's today's topic of this travel-induced podcast? Travel-induced podcast? Well, it was travel-induced. Then we stopped traveling. Uh, It... You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> I don't think you're following along with my logic, as you should be. Bring back the cat. She was a better co-host. I just dropped the lid to the food jar on top of the other cat, and she just kind of looked at me blankly like, huh? Rude. So, our topic this week for our travel-induced podcast is Travel Kickstarter. made us do it. Travel, yeah, I mean... Uh, our topic this week is the hazards of kickstarter (laughs) the dog (laughs) agrees so um if you've spent any time on facebook or maybe these are just the ads targeted at me you've probably seen ads for kickstarter products I actually don't think I get kickstarter ads because I've not done anything kickstarter related even went to their website So, well, I get them a lot, and apparently so does my sister as well. Uh, So Kickstarter, if you don't know, or Indiegogo, which is very, very similar, is a platform where people who have products or projects that need funding can post them and ask for support. And depending on how much you pledge to support them, you get different perks. And travel companies, especially really fledgling travel companies, post their stuff there a lot. Because if you properly market it, it's, very, it's a very quick way to get the funding you need to launch your product. Supposedly. Well, if it's a solid idea, you will probably get it funded. But you see a lot of products that really make you scratch your head like, who, who, who thought that was going to work? Did you really think that was going to work? That's not going to work. You're not going to get funding if your product diagram is something you doodled on the back of a napkin and scanned into Kickstarter. What? I thought my stick figures were brilliant. Yeah, but you can't sell stick figures. I mean, I probably could. You want to start a Kickstarter? (laughs) Do it. I don't know how. So, yeah, there's... The thing is, is that you probably are more familiar... You being general, not specifically you, Melinda, uh, with Kickstarter products, but the successful ones actually go to market afterwards and they are successful because they are good products. The ones that languish in the corners of the dark internet that nobody goes to, those are the fun ones because some of that shit's super entertaining. But for instance, gosh, what's a product? I mean, a lot of them turn around and end up on like, Oh, what's it called? Shark Tank. I keep wanting to call it the Lion's Den because that's what it's called in Germany. Oh, like, legitimately, people on Kickstarter get enough funding to like get themselves onto Shark Tank, sort of thing, or? Mhm. Yeah, I think. God, was it? Like, I think Ring started off on Kickstarter, and then went on Shark Tank and failed, and then Amazon bought it. Which is interesting, because there's a few things that are like, oh, it was an item on Shark Tank, but they don't tell you if it did well or not, and it's, like, the best thing ever. Yeah, apparently it wasn't Ring, but I do remember there being several products where they'll be on Shark Tank, and they would be like, yeah, we did a round of crowdfunding, and they're like, were you on Kickstarter? Yes. (laughs) But, I mean, how else would she do crowdfunding without a website these days, honestly? yeah but so when you look into products especially like new fad products a lot of times you'll look into it and be like oh you started on kickstarter so i feel like kickstarter is the um product equivalent of myspace to new bands back when myspace was actually good for that yeah yeah that sort of thing like They started on MySpace because it was how you were able to get yourself out and known to the masses. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like, for instance, the game Exploding Kittens, which was by the guys who did uh, Cards Against Humanity, that started on Kickstarter. The game Secret Hitler, that started on Kickstarter. I've played both of those, and I'm a big fan of Secret Hitler. (laughs) It's really fun. But, like, Pebble Watches, that started on Kickstarter. Pebble watches were, like, the first smartwatches to go to market. Oh, I'm like, it just makes me think of Swatch. I don't know why. It just did. I'm trying to look for examples, but I bet if you Googled, like, famous Kickstarter ads or Kickstarter products, you'd probably find several you knew. Um, I won't get too deep into it. Part of the reason why I can't come up with names is because later we will have a Kickstarter quiz, and I don't want to blow any of the answers. <laughs> so, um... As you may have gathered from what we just said, Melinda hasn't- Ellie, stop! Melinda has not used Kickstarter, but I have. Yup! The thing, and we'll get into this, is that while I have done Kickstarter contributions, I have to be- I know to be very judicious about what I put money into because Kickstarter can either go super well, some products are funded like Secret Hitler, Exploding Kittens, that they're from established companies that you know that you can trust. And also the production of a board game or a card game is way less expensive than the production of a large electronic item. So So, think of it as um like it's like being involved with the stock market and buying stocks and companies yeah and i think that's one of the things people who are just introduced to kickstarter don't understand is that it's not a website that you buy products from like amazon this is a website where you invest in a potential product or a potential project there's no guarantee and sorry the cat is digging around and i cannot figure out what she wants um so we're just going to deal with a little background noise um so if the campaign, so if I have a product and I think it's going to cost $10,000 to create it, I'll set my goal at 10000 and if we get 9000 in contributions, I don't get any money. That's it. It goes away. The money stays in people's pockets. But if we go to 10000 the money is mine, and I get to do with it what I will. Which, hopefully, you're actually making the product as intended. But... If something, if there are any hitches along the way, and for whatever reason, I cannot produce it with the money given, I'm under no obligation to make it. Therefore, you might not get your pledge perk. I was going to say, so if I pledge $100 to your project, what's in it for me? So what a lot of projects will do is set tiers, and it'll be like, if you donate $1, I'll love you forever. If you don't la- donate $10, i will give you a t-shirt if you donate whatever you get the full product but they'll often do it in tiers even further than that so like you'll have the early bird price of a hundred dollars but when those run out because there's only 50 of them you get the quasi early bird for 110 or the early backer for 120 and as those tiers run out the price gets uh, progressively more expensive and what i think a lot of people think when they see those tiers, is oh, I'm super early, so I'm getting a deal. But what's actually happening is that those tiers are being used for marketing research purposes to see what price will the market bear out. Okay, so it's it's also funding your item and doing some market research on what people value your item at. Exactly. Okay. So if I to pay. have tiers an increment of twenty dollars, and the first like three tiers sell out really really quickly but after like it in the fourth fifth tier those things are starting to slow down and peter out it means the customer isn't necessarily willing to pay that much and okay. so they can kind of gather like "Ooh, okay 160 is kind of pushing it multi-purpose for this mm-hmm. okay and so kickstarter Supporters are often very frustrated that they'll camp, they'll contribute at like 160 bucks, and then when the product is fulfilled and then goes to market, suddenly it's on their website for 150 Like, what the hell? I supported you early and now you're charging everyone who came after less? Well, yeah. It's the risk you have to be willing to take. Mm-hmm. And as a consumer or as a pledge backer, you're already demonstrating... By supporting a campaign that you don't know if it will ever come to fruition, like there's some inherent risk and sometimes that means you don't get your product and sometimes that means you pay more than you otherwise would. So it's all just a uh, publicized version of investing into a new company. Yeah, except without any equity. And that's something that's kind of key and it'll come up in the quiz. So yeah, you'll see. Hmm. Okay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Not enough to go on the website and, like, back anybody, but... (laughs) Yeah, so the reason this is coming up, because I know Kickstarter is not inherently a travel platform, but there are a lot of travel companies that put their stuff up there. And the reason I thought of this as an episode idea is because there is a company that claims over the last few years to be based in several different cities, which is confusing, but currently it says they're based in seattle and that is bowbacks which is the company that made that like the ultimate travel jacket with 18 cool features or however many <laughs> it had 75 <laughs> no it no feels don't listen like to it. me i don't know they have, <laughs> it was so many features that you're like i don't need a jacket that has a can koozie in the pocket like that's not a thing okay. i need No, it is. You're just not living your best life, Sarah.
1: Treat yourself. Oh, but here's the
0: thing. Uh, Original backers... Oh my god, the cat keeps ripping the charging cord out of my laptop. Cat! Uh, The thing is, is that those can koozie pockets didn't hold a full-size can of pop. It only held airline-size bottles, which they don't actually give you. And why would you need it in your jacket on the plane? Exactly, some of the- I don't have a list of the features in front of me, but some of them just were real head-scratchers like I, I- I don't need that. I don't need the ability to hold like eight different electronic devices in the pockets I just don't. So over the years Baobox has done two rounds of jacket campaigns, a pants campaign, and a travel shoe campaign Every single one of their campaigns were sized too small per their own sizing chart. So nearly everything that shipped had to be returned and exchanged. Jesus. That's bad. That's real bad. I can see see having that issue on your first campaign. But so after they did two jacket campaigns, I figured, oh, they're pretty well established. It should be pretty safe to contribute. They got it this time. Yeah, I pledged for their pants campaign, and the pants i got even though in the label it said it was my size i could not pull up over my calves which i think we've talked about them in a previous episode it's possible but like maybe these pants were extremely tight and very like almost pvc shiny even though they were supposed to be bamboo and cotton which is, it's fine, it's look, if that's what you're going for, but if you weren't expecting that, yeah. that's some loud pants. Yeah, and after that, my sister contributed to the shoe campaign, and her shoes weren't only too small for her, they were too small for my sister's daughter. Okay, but time out, you guys are giants, and therefore you have giant feet. Yes, but size 10s should not be too small for a kid who wears size 8. Ah, there we go, context. Yeah, so they'd probably fit me. Basically. Yeah, okay. I wear a six and a half, for the record. <laughs> She's got 80 bitty little feetsies. Sorry, can I just side story real quick? Uh-huh. Speaking about me having tiny feet and just being a tiny human, Sarah can attest to this. Um, I have a hard time reaching things. Like, uh, if you're going like out of a parking garage and you have to insert your ticket into the box to get you let out. I'm the one who has to put my car in park and open the door and then reach through my window to reach. (laughs) Doesn't matter how hard I try to get close without, like, hurting my car. I just, I can't reach. I'm too little. (laughs) (laughs) The world is not made for you. It's not. It's very problematic sometimes. Yeah, well, maybe you should buy their shoes. Just buy too many sizes. Buy size 10. (laughs) But, um... So here's where it gets interesting. So I got my pants back in November and they said exchanges and returns will start after we've shipped all of the product. So in February, we will give you instructions for how to return them to us, which is a long wait, like November to February is not a short wait. But in February, they said... Oh, we've already told everyone who can return them how to return them. Everyone else cannot return them. But that's... How do you decide that? I have no idea. So yeah. I emailed them and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll send you a return label. They never did. And then it started to occur that people who were allowed to return their stuff found that the company was not accepting the packages. Oh, like, here's your shipping label, but once it gets here, we're sending it back? Yeah, we're declining it. And a good deal of product got lost in the mail. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah. So, yesterday I was talking to my sister about this, because I had emailed them again, like, hey, you never gave me my return label, what's going on? They wrote me back. Wait, let me see if I have the email. Dear Miss Sarah, On the one hand, I feel bad for them, because I know a lot of companies were in a bad position... Due to Corona, and as a company who ships from Asia, they were probably struggling pretty bad. But they were also struggling before this happened because yeah, I was everybody gonna say. had to return everything. That's a little more leeway so than yeah. They wrote back to me and said, "I am sure that you are aware that we had to shut down our return center where there was an outbreak of COVID nineteen virus in Seattle slash Hong Kong, and that is the reason why we had to just." discontinue our returns exchange process for the time being unfortunately the pandemic hit our old company quite badly that it went insolvent we had to lay off 75 percent of our staff and sell all of the assets to a to the business assets of the business to a new owner we at the new company were able to purchase the assets and ship out any unshipped backer and website orders but any liabilities remain with the old company which is now dysfunctional and insolvent we do apologize, but for the above-mentioned reason, it will not be possible for us anymore to accept and process your return exchange request for the pants. We are very sorry. But here's the kicker. Are they? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> the kicker is, is that my sister got an email from them saying that she could return and exchange her shoes. Like the same body except the, we apologize on the delay, feel free to exchange. Basically and on the same day they launched a new kickstarter no why for, for the exact same shoes that my sister had purchased over a year ago ooh hmm. yeah i how are you going to get backers if you can't if you can't do the other things that you've promised exactly are they marketing is it a new shoe or is it like the same shoe but upgraded the exact same shoes same graphics same everything but they are they acknowledging it that they've done this already no oh boy i want to look something up really quickly so the original shoe campaign was in 2000 this doesn't seem right it says august 2019 it raised 1.2 1.3 Oh damn And very, very quickly, I remember watching it, they had 8,000, almost 9,000 backers. Their new Kickstarter has been open, I think, two days. And I want to say, like, they hit 1 million with the old version probably within a couple days. So by this point in their campaign, they would have raised that much. How's this new campaign going? When I checked it yesterday, it was only at 20,000. Who are these people investing in them? I don't know. No. And, but the interesting thing is if you go into the comments, eight an absolute ton of them are from people saying, I donated just $1 so I could comment it on this. Um, this is a scam. Do not support them. Oh, good because for them. Because you, you can't comment or see the updates for a Kickstarter campaign unless you contribute to it. So if a brand is spiraling or if they're getting a lot of bad comments, you can't comment on it unless you've given them money, which I think is sort of a fatal flaw of Kickstarter. That I feel like that's a big red flag. Yeah, a ton of the comments are, I contributed just to tell this company to fuck off. <laughs> and we support that person. Yeah. So that is sort of the hazard that you're dealing with when you see some new shiny product on Kickstarter. And um, with that in mind, I whipped up a little quiz for Melinda about Kickstarter and some of the interesting things that have happened on Kickstarter. So I tried to pull things that were travel related, but in all honesty, there are very few travel products that get funded but become disasters. Either they don't get funded, <sighs> Or they're funded and they're successful, with the exception of bowbacks, which is a disaster. So, oh oh my god, I'm being swarmed. My first question for you, and you'll notice a trend. In the early days of Kickstarter, there's some real weird shit going on. Um, weird like how? (laughs) Well, for instance, in 2014, Zach Brown of Columbus, Ohio, started a Kickstarter with a goal of only $10 to fund a potato salad he wanted to make. Did he, A, not raise any money at all and was made fun of on the news for his stupidity, B, get kicked off Kickstarter for inappropriate use of the platform, C, somehow raise nearly $200, or D, raise over $55,000? I want to say $200. I feel like it. it's possible. 55?
1: No. He got He raised
0: $55,000. I was worried it was going to be that. Really?
1: <laughs> Is he <laughs> like the he raise...
0: potato salad king of Ohio? Well, he must be now because not only did he raise $55,000, but he had over 120 backers donate more than $50 each. He had a ton of backers, but 120 were like, yeah, 50 to 200 bucks. I can swing that jeez Uh, perks perks for pledging including having your name said out loud to the potatoes while zach made the potato salad a photo of him making the potato salad a single bite of potato (laughs) salad mailed to you the option to choose an appropriate ingredient to be added to the potato salad a personalized haiku about the potato salad a copy of a cookbook he would write just about potato salads of the world and the most limited pledged here was That he would carve your name into one of the potatoes before putting it in the potato salad. Okay, what's the minimum to get a potato salad haiku from this guy? I think it was 20 bucks. I just want the haiku. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay, next question. In 2019, Viore, a hygiene product company, was launched on Kickstarter with a goal of $1,000 and ultimately surpassed that goal by $35,000. Their product, a solid shampoo and conditioner duo designed for travel and everyday use, was controversial for what reason? Oh boy. Bear with me. A. It upset PETA with their non-vegan ingredients. B. It was decried as being racist and playing into stereotypes about ancient Chinese secrets, despite being a company run entirely by white women from Utah. C. Each bar of shampoo started at over $40 a piece, enraging consumers who felt that the prices were absurd. Or D, the promo video showed them using their shampoo bars on dogs, despite the fact that their products included ingredients that were poisonous to animals. Uh, white women from Utah? Yes, indeed. Not only was the product weirdly appropriative, but they also made the bold claim that the ancient Chinese traditions used in their shampoo would keep your hair from going gray. Bold claim, ladies. Despite the fact that the campaign... I swear there's, like, ads for this still floating around. It's possible. Um... Not only was the campaign a nightmare of appropriation and racial weirdness, the containers in which the shampoo came in were shaped like little steamer baskets, which admittedly were really, really cute. Uh, But, you know, not spending money on that to, you know, fund weird racist white ladies. I mean, the baskets were super duper cute, like itty-bitty steamer baskets. But then I was like, oh, this is not your culture. Stop. And also... You can't just say it's ancient Chinese secrets if you just made it up in your backyard kitchen. I mean, they have a video all about how, like, they visited China and met women who worked ancient Chinese rice patties. And none of them had gray hair. And their secret was that they washed their hair with rice something or other. And I was like, oh, I I don't like this. A little too far. I mean, a... a better way to market this is that it is a shampoo bar that will help prevent gray hairs. And even then, you can't really say that because they're claiming that the reason these women don't have gray hair in this village in China is because they use this washing technique or or genetically, they just don't have gray hair. Gray Good hair genes. is a genetic thing. I was like, I wanted to buy it and be like, so you're telling me it'll get rid of my gray hair? You, you think it'll get rid of mine? Because then ain't nothing taking this away i would love you to be like their product model before after (laughs) still gray bitches what's up um i had a woman the other day approach me in a store and touch my hair and say whoever was dying it was doing a really bad job ouch oh no she said my highlights were bad i'm like lady these ain't highlights that's just my hair why do you strangers think it's like okay to come up and like touch your hair or like touch you? No idea. Why is that a thing? No, No idea. Don't make me yell six feet at you. Okay. Question number three. In summer 2014, a campaign was launched under the name the Coolest Cooler. The coolest cooler was a tricked-out cooler designed for tailgating and camping, with all of the following features except what? A: a removable Bluetooth speaker. B, a battery-powered blender, C, remote-controlled powered wheels, or D, a USB charging station. USB charging station. No, the only thing it didn't have was a was remote-controlled wheels. Ah. But genuinely, it had everything you could imagine, but never need in a cooler. I d- don't so, know what you're talking about. I think I need all of those and the wheels on a cooler. I think that's just a John Deere with a... With a cooler strapped to it at that point. And a speaker. And a portable battery. Oh, and a blender. (laughs) So, the Coolest Cooler is a prime example of the dangers of Kickstarter. So, the Coolest Cooler was a victim of the rising tariffs against products made in China. And five years after the campaign was launched, and fully funded, and partially shipped, the company just collapsed into bankruptcy, and the remaining 20,000 backers who had not received their products were informed via Twitter- that they would never receive the coolers they had purchased at prices ranging from $185 to $225. Ouch. Also, really dumb product name. I know. And when reached for comment, and this is the, this is what people need to understand about Kickstarter, a Kickstarter rep was quoted as saying, There is risk in creating something new, and some projects won't end up working out. In this case, one third of the backers won't receive the rewards they were promised. We've worked hard to make it clear that Kickstarter is not a store. Which is not the most sympathetic statement to release. I'm like, meh, screw you, dummy. Sucks to suck. We're not a store. Goodbye. Yeah. And here's the the truly crazy thing. The coolest cooler had raised over $13 million. Whoa. Whoa. And they still went bankrupt. And, uh uh-huh. And somewhat surprisingly, the coolers they insisted that couldn't be shipped to backers were eventually put up for sale on Amazon. Under the Coolest Cooler name? Mm-hmm. And when they ran out, Ooh. they ran out. But it was less expensive to put them on Amazon and get more money. Obviously, you get more money when you sell them again than it was to ship them to the people who had originally paid for them. That's like a giant slap in the face to anybody that gave of money. Mm-hmm. Ouch. And now you can find them on eBay for 99 bucks. Oh, no. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not new ones, but people are trying to sell these coolers that, like, if something breaks, you have no more support because the company doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's not worth it. No. <laughs> this is why I don't participate. Like, all this is like, nah, I'm fine. Yeah, it's all an issue of being very picky about what you support. Because I've supported four things now and only one went wrong, I still got the product. It was just sized very, very poorly. Do you just put the pants on your arms and run around your apartment? I think they fit moose pretty well. Picture or it's not real? <laughs> oh, they're still in the bag in my office locker because I didn't bother bringing them home because I wasn't going to wear them. But uh, question number four, in fall 2014, a Welsh company launched a Kickstarter for Xano, a pocket-sized autonomous drone that would allow you to snap photos and follow you around. It was touted as the ultimate way to take beautiful photos while traveling. could be operated with just your phone, and the cost was a mere $230, which is like good price for a drone, especially one that completely operates by itself. Right. Xano raised over $3 million from 12,000 backers, but due to major production issues, they were never able to deliver all of the devices. How many devices of the 12,000 did they manage to deliver? A. 9,000, B. 6,000, C. 2,000, or D. 600? 25. That is the closest answer. They, in fact, delivered 600 out of 12,000. I was going to say, it's got to be a low number, but I didn't think it would be that high still (laughs) honestly Mm -hmm. and of those 600 nearly all of them had technical problems well yeah anytime you have new technology it's going to have problems that you're going to have to improve on and the person who founded this company was formerly like a contract lawyer who taught himself how to code he didn't have any tech background oh yeah Mm -hmm. it's gonna have some problems So the creator of Zano had originally stated that he saw his product as one day being as ubiquitous as the iPhone, a true game changer in the electronics world. I mean, it's a really cool idea. Yeah, and it's since been adopted by other companies. So that's one of those things you have to wager. Like, do you want to back this new product or do you just want to see... What happens later when bigger, more stable brands take those things on? Frankly, I want to watch the world burn. (laughs) DJI makes products that do this exact thing. It just came out a couple years later. Um, Several months after the completion of their campaign, Ars Technica writers visited the Xano offices where they were allowed to hold a Xano drone, but were never allowed to actually switch it on and see if it could fly, which probably should have been a strong red flag that the device was facing difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. In response to the debacle, Kickstarter yet again reiterated that they are not Amazon and they are not responsible for products offered as perks on their platform. They also highly recommend that you pay with credit card. It's like a big time, like, hey, don't sue us. It's your fault. Yeah, basically. And while paying with credit card is a good idea generally, these campaigns can last so long that by the time you find out you're not getting your product or you get it and it's broken, that the t- period for disputing the claim is completely gone. So, I mean, yes and no. Like, yes, pay with a credit card, but no, it's probably not going to do much for you. It's just a big time buyer beware. Mhm. Question number 5. In October 2017, B Toothbrush was lo- launched on Kickstarter with the goal of raising 30,000 for their wind-up toothbrush. B standing for Beyond Electric was a toothbrush that aimed to run only on human power and waste no batteries. Per their Kickstarter timeline, they anticipated shipping their products to backers between November and December of the next year. But their release was halted in July 2018 after releasing a demo video of their latest prototype, which was quickly called out as a scam. How did the eagle-eyed viewers realize that the prototype was fake? A. If you watch carefully, you can see a plant in the background of the video that moves in such a way as to make it clear that the video is made up of a one-second loop of footage rather than a two-minute video of the toothbrush actually working. B. You could clearly see the battery hatch in the video. C. The person demonstrating can be heard saying under his breath that he can't believe anybody is going to buy these lies. And D, the toothbrush we used in the demo video is clearly a Sonicare toothbrush with the labels removed. Sonicare. It's actually the plant. So Ah. it's a video of him with the toothbrush. He winds it up, puts it on the counter and steps out of frame, which is weird. Like if you're demoing the product, why aren't you in frame? Well, that's because you would notice if he had stayed in frame that the video that's supposed to be two minutes of the toothbrush working is just one second on loop. Jeez so in the background you can see like this plant that's moving really strangely like it's jerking around because why is the plant moving well it's just like plants naturally moving in the gentle breeze like plants are not actually stationary so there's a a breeze yeah you can see it jerking up and down because it's one second sped up on loop oh my gosh Mm -hmm. that's a lot of effort to put into a product that's just not going to happen either like, you know it's not gonna happen at that point, but you still made this video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when he was called out on it, the founder of the, the company, they claimed that, you know, we had been traveling all day and we were tired, and then the prototype broke, but we still really wanted to put out this video, so we figured, what's the harm in adjusting the footage a little bit? That's not adjusting the footage. There was one second of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. So it has now been three years since the campaign kicked off and two years since the products were supposed to be delivered. And so far, nobody has received anything. However, they did kick off the exact same campaign later, a year later, on Indiegogo. So now there's campaigns on two platforms with backers who are not getting anything. Is it the same video for both sites? Eventually, they took it down and put up a new video where they're like, see... That prototype was broken, but this one works. It's five seconds looped. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Oh, and in total, between Kickstarter and Indiegogo, they have raised eight hundred and forty-six thousand dollars. Whoa! No. Mm-hmm. Is it all one-dollar contributions of like, look here, they fake? <laughs> eight hundred forty-six thousand people who are like, wait a second. Oh my gosh. This is not convincing me to participate in anything on Kickstarter. No, it's really not. Uh, Number six, speaking of unsuccessful crowdfunding campaigns, which of these raised the highest amount of money on GoFundMe ever? A. We Build the Wall, a campaign to raise money to build the U.S.-Mexico border wall. B. Free Britney, a campaign to help Britney Spears fight against the conservatorship she's currently under. C. Make America Kanye again campaign to help elect Kanye West as president, or D, Game of Thrones season 8 sucks, a campaign to have Game of Thrones season 8 rewritten and reshot. Ooh, I'm feeling it's a toss-up between freeing Britney and fixing Game of Thrones. It is actually We Build the Wall. Oh no. Mm-hmm. No. The campaign to build the border wall raised $9 million in just three days and ended up earning $25.4 million in total. Holy crapola! But fun fact, they only built a half a mile of wall, and it eroded shortly thereafter. Good. There's your product. Hope you're happy. And the man who started the campaign has been indicted for stealing 350000 from it. Steve yep. Bannon has been indicted for stealing a million. Oh. And, and two other conspirators, in addition to these two, are now facing charges of laundering money and wire fraud nice good job (laughs) i wonder if they just made it like that big of a top like controversial topic just to get the money and steal it yeah who knows i mean i think when this first kicked off a lot of people were like okay but you can't donate to the department of homeland security which is the department in charge of the wall so who where's this money going to you can donate to the u.s treasury that's a thing i don't think it happens a lot but it's a thing but uh the government isn't just going to take a check for 25 million dollars i mean i'm sure they'd love to but that's not really how it works now we get three hammers (laughs) so i mean (sighs) gofundme is obviously a slightly different platform from the other two but when i saw that i I was, uh, not shocked, but not pleased. Yeah. Man, I really wish it was, uh, Free Britney now. (laughs) I know, right? That's downright noble compared to the other options. Yeah. Okay. No. Question number number seven. This one's not a bad one. So which of these now well-established travel companies was not launched on Kickstarter? A. Nomadic. B. Away. C. Minal. Or D. Peak Design. I only know of, like, one of those names. Which one is that? Away? Isn't that the suitcase company? Yes. And that's correct. Away is the only one of those that, that did not start on Kickstarter. Yay me! Away was interesting because they were, they were brought on by Venture Capital, so they got support from people whose job is just funding fledgling companies. Uh, but the other thing that they did is that they produced a magazine about the lifestyle brand that would be Away, and that was actually a good chunk of their funding. Huh, interesting. For the other ones, Nomadic raised 171000 for their first campaign, which was just a travel wallet. And since expanding it into luggage, they have raised $10.6 split out over their 10 campaigns. Wow. Yeah. Minal's, their first campaign was for their travel backpack, which is the one I had on our last trip. They raised 341000 and since then they have raised 1.2 million split out over three separate campaigns. Peak Design, which started out primarily as a camera focus brand, they raised $365 on their first campaign, and since then they have raised three, oh, excuse me, not 3 million, 33.3 million over 10 campaigns, including one that literally just kicked off in the last 2 weeks, but they're just below 1 million already. Wow. Yeah, it is very lucrative. You can tell which brands put out a product that is good when with each passing campaign, they raise more money. That's kind of nuts, really. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of one of the things you have to look at. Look at the comments, because even if you can't comment on a campaign before contributing, you can still read the comments. So look at their, a company's past campaigns. If you looked at these ones, I think you'd see the vast majority are positive. And I think that should give you a little bit more security when con- contemplating contributing to one of these. Or be like me and just don't, because you're suspicious of everybody. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of this is bragging rights to say, oh, I was in at the ground floor. Like, I knew right away that they were going to be big. I don't care enough for that. <laughs> um... Number eight, this is a currently ongoing campaign. This is something, like, I just went on to Kickstarter, typed in travel, and saw what came up. And uh, I'm, I have questions about this one. So, Beyond is a quote-unquote travel lip balm with a currently running campaign on Kickstarter. The lip balm boasts 18 unique features. Which of the following is not one of its 18 features? A. Wait, wait, wait. A cap. A lip balm has 18 different features? Yeah, that's one of the things you notice really quickly on Kickstarter is that products somehow have a whole array of features that you're just like, mm, do they though? Like, are these features or like just an inherent characteristic of a lip balm? This is literally what lip balm's supposed to be, you guys. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a. A cap. B. It's pretty. C. It's antiseptic. D. encourages relaxation ooh antiseptic or relaxation relaxation no B it's pretty all the (sighs) others are part of the features including the cap I would hope so (laughs) what the hell Mm -hmm. Uh, beyond comes in at $24 a tube retail eagle eye readers will notice that the subject on their project says that it has 18 features But in the two different places in their campaign where they list the features, it clocks in at 16 and 17 features, leaving one wondering what the 18th feature is. There is no real indication on their page about what makes this a travel chapstick as opposed to any other chapstick. I was going to say, aren't all chapsticks technically travel chapsticks? Yeah. Sometimes they go on adventures without you. Also... Like, from a design standpoint, it's interesting looking because it's flat. Huh. And it's not a tube. It's more shaped like a couple pieces of gum stacked together, like a pack of gum with a okay. cap on it that clips onto things. So, I mean, theoretically that can make it travel, but like, is that any more convenient than just shoving a chapstick in your bag? No. Also, I don't necessarily know that there's a benefit to rubbing an antiseptic chapstick on your lips. I'm not Sure. I I don't understand. Yeah, it said it was antiseptic, antibacterial, and antimicrobial. And while those aren't necessarily exact synonyms for them, for each other, it's like a rectangle versus a square. Like, antimicrobial things are antiseptic and antibacterial. You don't need to say all three as if they're different things. No, no. We do. Okay. That's so weird. Yeah. So these last two, we're going to go out on a little bit more lighthearted note, because as we've seen there's clearly been a lot of big fiascos on Kickstarter none of which Kickstarter will take any blame for no they're not a store don't sue us well beyond like the useful travel stuff and the games and like per- people's personal projects there's also some really really weird shit on Kickstarter so which of the following crowdfunding products is not real so 3 of these are real actual products one is not i'm scared <laughs> I'm scared. A, Licky, the tongue-shaped brush that you operate with your mouth. B, Megasus, horse runners, running shoes for horses. C, bears versus babies, a game that pits babies against bears. Or D, the laser saber, a nose hair trimmer. I'm going to say the running shoe for horses because I know the cat tongue brush is real. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the running shoes for horses are very much real. The fake one is the laser saber, the nose hair trimmer. Made of lasers. I mean, somebody had a try. So, Licky, the cat brush, raised $52,000. Horse Runners raised $169,000. Bears versus Babies raised $3.2 million. And the laser saber is something I made up, but is based on a laser razor that I saw that was also unsurprisingly not completed on Kickstarter.
1: Yeah. But was real. I,
0: I can see someone making that post. Sarah. I think I found your calling. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, lastly, just so we can end things on a happy, successful note, in 2013, which of the following phrases did comedian Kurt Brownholer successfully crowdfund to have written by a skywriter over Los Angeles? So he got people together just to pay for a joke. Okay, what are my options? A, how do I land? B, (laughs) should have gone to med school. C, New York, greater than symbol, Los Angeles. D, enjoy your traffic down there. God, I want it to be enjoy your traffic down there. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, a lot of them are funny, but... Thank you. I wrote three of them. How do I land? How do I land? Yes. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, that actually happened while I was still living in LA, and I saw it. And and I remember seeing it and thinking, oh my God. And I realized, wait a second. That no that doesn't make sense that's funny yeah it's that's pretty frigid. good like you know how to sky write, but god forbid you learn how to land you skip <laughs> that day at pilot school but yeah and i think he ended up using a picture of it as his album cover for his next comedy album i feel like you're obligated at that point but yeah it's pretty great and if facebook would load i would send you a picture no facebook for you well i guess the moral of the story is if you're gonna go to kickstarter and pledge money proceed with caution yeah there are a lot of really good products on there like the peak design backpacks the travel backpacks look amazing and if i didn't already have a travel pack i would probably get it or give Um, her six more months and she's gonna get a new one yeah exactly (laughs) but sometimes the key is just waiting if you can't financially deal with like losing the amount of money that you pledge Kickstarter's not for you it's it's vegas like sometimes the house wins they get your money and they run yeah if you're not okay with not seeing the money or the product then don't play i'm not gonna play i definitely think it's really interesting to keep up with what's going on like i just want to see what the new ideas are but after the pants fiasco i decided i'm i'm just gonna sit it out from now on if something truly amazing comes up and the price isn't ridiculous sure maybe once it hits shark tank yeah exactly (laughs) because as we know all shark tank products are successful are they Like legitimately not okay (laughs) i've never actually watched that show so i'm like i i it's pretty rare that a shark tank product goes to market i was gonna say i think a small handful Mm -hmm. probably get made yeah i mean some of them get made on a small scale but never really take off wasn't squatty potty a shark tank thing yes but i think it had been crowdfunded before that They're pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I've thought about getting one. It's one of those things that goes in and out of my Amazon cart. And I'm like, "Mm, not this month. Worth it. I didn't get the plastic one. I got the fancy looking bamboo one. And I'm not mad about it at all. Just saying. But see, look, I waited and didn't do the Kickstarter route. What's interesting is Squatty Potty does not appear to have been on Kickstarter. But that company did a Kickstarter campaign for a poop emoji plunger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. i i swear to god sarah if i start getting like kickstarter ads or anything oh <laughs> i'm spamming you with them with all the screenshots yeah worth it and all you're getting for your birthday slash christmas will be a poo emoji plunger let's see if it was funded i have to know no because funding it's stupid. canceled the creator canceled the project they wanted seventy thousand, but in the time that the campaign was up they only raised four thousand. I'm gonna just buy a plunger and emoji stickers. Mod-podge them to the handle for ya. It's not the same. Wow, rude. Appreciate my arts and crafts. Moose just lunged at Ellie and burped in her face. Yep, they're your animals. Yes, they are. Anyways, does that wrap us up? Poo pooh, emoji I, plungers. Is that I our think end that note? wraps us up. So right. go forth and look at Kickstarter with caution. Who knows what oddball travel gear you might find. I mean, some of it will legitimately be cool. It's just you've got to weigh the risks now that you know what they are. And remember, it's an adventure. So uh, please back my Kickstarter. I'm selling my dog. Perk level one is just you straight up get the dog. (laughs) Be warned. He barks at people and cats. Well, not people, just cats. And nothing and everything. And (laughs) anyways... We will see you next week. Next time. Another week. Bye. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at underscore s, and Melinda is on both as at hooliganmonster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye!